Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jci.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. <clears throat> On that same top uh, menu, there is a link also to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. Excuse me. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from uh, about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing our reading in Chapter 12, the problem of guilt with section three, the fear of redemption. <clears throat> At the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, again led by Fran. Uh, and that lesson is lesson 137. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. All right, uh, let me ask, Lori, do you have uh, an opening for the call this morning? I do, Lemoyne, and I just couldn't think of a better poem than this one called Wanton Love. Wanton Love, in his book, Forty Prayers, by Pierre Elias Amjohn. Beloved, your love is simple, but mine has conditions. I want things to be different. And then you go and forgive everybody. Your son spreads naked on every roof. It enters every window. Sets out breakfast for the greedy and the poor. It even warms the broken toys in the garden. I pick and choose. You don't. You take everyone's hand. How could you be so wanton? If I were like you, they'd lock me up. <laughs> What's that? What's, what did you say? You want me to what? Well, all right, I will. Want and love. Amen. Oh, that was so cute. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, that was great, Laurie. Yeah. yeah. I love that one, too. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lori. Um, all right. <clears throat> With us in the reading this morning, I have Lori, Fran, Harrison, Donna, Jessica, uh, Lana, and Robin Marie. Uh, is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to join the reading list or... Not just good, good morning. 
Good morning, Lemoyne. It's Karen. I can read. Great. Thanks, Karen. Hi, it's Jude. I can read, too. Thank you. Great. All right. And uh, uh, Robin Marie has to go later, so I'll probably move you guys up. Lana, Karen, Judy, and then Robin Marie. Anyone else like to just say good morning? Join the reading list. Lemoyne and everybody. This is Ida, and I'm listening. Welcome, Ida. Good morning. Okay. Well, I'll get us started then with uh, a reading in Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt, with Section 3, The Fear of Redemption. Paragraph 10. You may wonder why it is so crucial that you look upon your hatred and realize its full extent. You may also think that it would be easy enough for the Holy Spirit to show it to you and dispel it without the need for you to raise it to awareness yourself. Yet there is one more complication which you have interposed between yourself and the atonement which you do not yet realize. We have said that no one will countenance fear if he recognizes it. Yet in your disordered state, you are not afraid of fear. You do not like it, but it is not your desire to attack which really frightens you. You are not seriously disturbed by your hostility. You keep it hidden because you are more afraid of what it covers. And Lori. Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt. Section 3, The Fear of Redemption. You may wonder why it is so crucial that you look upon your hatred and realize its full extent. You may also think that it would be easy enough for the Holy Spirit to show it to you and dispel it without the need for you to raise it to awareness yourself. If there is one more complication which you have interposed between yourself and the atonement, which you do not yet realize... We've said that no one will countenance fear if he recognizes it. Yet in your disordered state, you are not afraid of fear. You do not like it, but it is not your desire to attack that really frightens you. You are not seriously disturbed by your hostility. You keep it hidden because you are more afraid of what it covers. 11. You could look even upon the ego's darkest cornerstone without fear if you did not believe that without the ego you would find within yourself something you fear even more. You are not afraid of crucifixion. Your real terror is of redemption. Under the ego's dark foundation is the memory of God and it is of this that you are really afraid for this memory would instantly restore you to your proper place, and it is this place that you sought to leave. Thank you, Lori and Fran. Eleven. You could look even you. 
You could look even upon the ego's darkest cornerstone without fear if you did not believe that without the ego you would find within yourself something you fear even more. You are not afraid of crucifixion. Your real terror is of redemption. Under the ego's dark foundation is the memory of God. And it is of this that you are really afraid. For this memory would instantly restore you to your proper place. And it is this place that you have sought to leave. Twelve. Your fear of attack is nothing compared to your fear of love. You would be willing to look even upon your savage wish to kill God's son if you did not believe that it saves you from love. For this wish caused the separation. You have protected it because you do not want the separation healed. And you realize that by removing the dark cloud that obscures it, your love for your father would impel you to answer his call and leap into heaven. You believe that attack is salvation to prevent you from this. For still deeper than the ego's foundation, and much stronger than it will ever be, is your intense and burning love of God and his for you. This is what you really want to hide. Thank you, friend. And Harrison. Well, your fear of attack is nothing compared to your fear of love. You would be willing to look even upon your savage wish to kill God's son if you did not believe that it saves you from love. For this wish caused the separation. You have protected it because you do not want the separation healed. And you realize that by removing the dark cloud that obscures it, your love for your father will empower you to answer his call and leap into heaven. You believe that attack is salvation to prevent you from this. For still deeper than the ego's foundation and much stronger than it will ever be is your intense and burning love of God and His for you. This is what you really want to hide. Thirteen, in honesty, is it not harder for you to say, quote, I love, unquote, then, quote, I hate, unquote. You associate love with weakness. 
and hatred with strength, and your own real power seems to you as your real weakness. For you could not control your joyous response to the call of love if you heard it. And the whole world you think you can work that and the whole world you think you control would vanish. The Holy Spirit then seems to be attacking your fortress. For you would shut out God and he does not will to be excluded. Thank you, Harrison. And Donna. 13. In honesty, is it not harder for you to say, I love, than I hate? You associate love and weakness and hatred. You associate love with weakness and hatred with strength. And your real power seems to you as your real weakness. For you could not control your joyous response to the call of love if you heard it. And it would, and the whole world, and, and the whole world you think you control would vanish. The Holy Spirit then seems to be attacking your fortress. For you shut out God, and he does not will to be excluded. 14. You have built your whole insane belief system because you think you would be helpless in God's presence, and you would save yourself from his love because you think it would crush you into nothingness. You are afraid it would sweep you away from yourself and make you little, for you believe the magnitude lies in defiance and that attack is grandeur. You think you have made a world which God would destroy, and by loving him, which you do, you would throw this world away, which you would. Therefore, you have used the world to cover your love, and the deeper you go into the blackness of the ego's foundation, the closer you come to the love that is hidden there. And it is this that frightens you. Thank you, Donna. And Jessica. Okay, 14. You have built your whole insane belief system because you think you would be helpless in God's presence. And you would save yourself from his love 
because you think it would crush you into nothingness. You are afraid it would sweep you away from yourself and make you little. For you believe that magnitude lies in defiance and that attack is grandeur. You think you have made a world which God would destroy. And by loving him, which you do, you would throw this world away, which you would. Therefore, you have used the world to cover your love. And the deeper you go into the blackness of the ego's foundation, the closer you come to the love that is hidden there. And it is this that frightens you. Fifteen. You can accept insanity because you made it, but you cannot accept love because you did not. You would rather be slaves of the crucifixion than sons of God in redemption. For your individual death is more value than your living oneness. And what is given you is not so dear as what you made. You are more afraid of God than of the ego And love cannot enter where it is not welcome. But hatred can, for it enters of its will and cares not for yours. Thank you, Jessica and Lana. Okay, 15. You can accept insanity because you made it, but you cannot accept love because you did not. You would rather be slaves of the crucifixion than sons of God in redemption. For your individual death is more valued than your living oneness. And what is given you is not so dear as what you made. You are more afraid of God than of the ego. And love cannot enter where it is not welcome. But hatred can, for it enters of its will and cares not for yours. 16. The reason we must look upon your delusions and not keep them hidden is that they do not rest on their own foundation. In concealment, they appear to do so, and thus they seem to be self-sustained. This is the fundamental illusion on which they rest. For beneath them, and concealed as long as they are hidden, is the loving mind that thought it made them in anger. And the pain in this mind is so apparent when it is uncovered that its need of healing cannot be denied. Not all the tricks and games you offer it can heal it, for here is the real crucifixion of God's Son. Well, thank you, Lana. And Karen. 16. The reason you must look upon your delusions and not keep them hidden is that they do not rest on their own foundation. In concealment, they appear to do so, and thus they seem to be self-sustained This is the fundamental illusion on which they rest. 
or beneath them and concealed as long as they are hidden is the loving mind that thought it made them in anger. And the pain in this mind is so apparent when it is uncovered that its need of healing cannot be denied. Not all the tricks and games you offer it can heal it, for here is the real crucifixion of God's Son. 17. And yet he is not crucified. Here is both his pain and his healing, for the Holy Spirit's vision is merciful, and his remedy is quick. Do not hide suffering from his sight, but bring it gladly to him. Lay before his eternal sanity all your hurt, and let him heal you. Do not leave any spot of pain hidden from his light, and search your minds carefully for any thoughts which you may fear to uncover. For he will heal he will heal every little thought which you have kept to hurt you and cleanse it of its littleness, restoring it to the magnitude of God. Uh, thank you, Karen. And Judy? Yes, thank you. And yet he is not crucified. Here is both his pain and his healing. For the Holy Spirit's vision is merciful, and his remedy is quick. Do not hide suffering from his sight, but bring it gladly to him. Lay before his eternal sanity all your hurt, and let him heal you. Do not leave any spot of pain hidden from his light, and search your minds carefully for any thoughts which you may fear to uncover, for he will heal every little thought which you have kept to hurt you and cleanse it of its littleness, restoring it to the magnitude of God. Beneath all your grandiosity, which you hold so dear, is your real call for help. For you call for love to your Father, as your Father calls to you, to himself. For you call for love to your Father, as your Father calls you, to himself. In that place, which you have hidden, you will only to unite with the Father in loving remembrance of him. You will find this place of truth as you see it in your brothers. For though they may deceive themselves, like you they long for the grandeur that is in them. And perceiving it in you will welcome it and it will be yours. For grandeur is the right of God's Son, and no illusions can satisfy him or save him from what he is. Only his love is real, and he will be content only with his reality. 
Thank you, Judy and Robin Marie. Beneath all your grandiosity, which you hold so dear, is your real call for help. For you call for love to your Father, as your Father calls you to Himself. In that place which you have hidden, you will only to unite with the Father in loving remembrance of him you will find this place of truth as you see it in your brothers for though they may deceive themselves like you they long for the grandeur that is in them and perceiving it you will welcome it and it will be yours for grandeur is the right of God's son and no illusions can satisfy him or save him from what he is. Only his love is real, and he will be content only with his reality. 19. Save him from his illusions, that you may accept the magnitude of your Father in peace and joy. But exempt no one from your love, or you will be hiding a dark place in your mind where the Holy Spirit is not welcome, and you will exempt yourself from his healing power. For by not offering total love, you will not heal completely. Healing must be as complete as fear, for love cannot enter where there is one spot of fear to mar its welcome. Well, thank you, Robin Murray. And is there a new reader for 19 and 20? This is Sandra. I can read. Right. Please do. Save him from his illusions that you may accept the magnitude of your father in peace and joy, but exempt no one from your love, or you will be hiding a dark place in your mind where the Holy Spirit is not welcome, and you will exempt yourself from his healing power. For by not offering total love, you will not be healed completely. Healing must be as complete as fear, for love cannot enter where there is one spot of fear to mar its welcome. 20. You who prefer specialness to sanity could not obtain it in your right mind. You were, you were at peace until you asked for special favor, and God did not give it, for the request was alien to him, and you could not ask this of a father who truly loved his son. Therefore, you made him an unloving father, demanding of him what only such a father could give. And the peace of God's son was shattered, for he no longer understood his father. He feared what he had made, but still more did he fear his real father, having attacked his own glorious 
equality with him. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 20 and 21? Another new reader? Okay, back to you, Lori. You who prefer specialness to sanity could not obtain it in your right mind. You were at peace until you asked for a special favor, and God did not give it, for the request was alien to him, and you could not ask this of a father who truly loved his son. Therefore you made of him an unloving father, demanding of him what only such a father would give. And the peace of God's son was shattered, for he no longer understood his father. He feared what he had made, but still more did he fear his real father, having attacked his own glorious equality with him. 21. In peace he needed nothing and asked for nothing. In war he demanded everything and found nothing. For how could the gentleness of love respond to his demands except by departing in peace and returning to the Father? If the Son did not wish to remain in peace, he could not remain at all. For a darkened mind cannot live in the light, and it must seek a place of darkness where it can believe that it is where it is not. God did not allow this to happen. Yet you demanded that it happen, and therefore, and therefore, believed that it was so. Thank you, Lori. And Fran. 21. In peace, he needed nothing and asked for nothing. In war, he demanded everything and found nothing. Well, how could the gentleness of love respond to his demands except by departing in peace and returning to the Father? If the Son did not wish to remain in peace, he could not remain at all. For a darkened mind cannot live in the light, and it must seek a place of darkness where it can believe it is where it is not. God did not allow this to happen, yet you demanded that it happened, and therefore believe that it was so. 22. To quote, single out, unquote, is to, quote, make alone, unquote, and thus make lonely. God did not do this to you. Could he set you apart knowing that your peace lies in his oneness? He denied you only your request for pain, for suffering is not of his creation. Having given you creation, he could not take it from you. He could but answer your insane requests with the same answer which would abide with you in your insanity. And this he did. No one who hears his answer but will give up insanity. For his answer is the reference point beyond illusions from which you can look back on them and see them as insane. But seek this place and you will find it. For love is in you and will lead you there. Thank you, Fran. 
and Harrison. 22, to quote, single out, unquote, is to, quote, make alone, unquote, and thus make lonely. God did not do this to you. Should he set you apart, knowing that your peace lies in his oneness? He denied you only your request for pain, for suffering is not his creation. Having given you creation, he could not take it from you. He could but answer your insane request with a sane answer, which would abide with you in your insanity. And this he did. No one who hears his answer, but we give up insanity. For his answer is the reference point beyond illusion, from which you can look back on them and see them as insane. But see this place and you will find it. For love is in you and will be you there. Amen and thank you, Harrison. And, uh, Yeah, let me try to summarize this, which uh, section might be very confronting, but also points that I think a helpful thing to remember here is the simplicity of salvation. All right, so from Lesson 135, Heaven asks nothing. It is hell that makes extravagant demands for sacrifice. And uh, let me return to that. Um, let me pass through some of this fairly quickly. Um, the point of the section, the fear of redemption, he, Paragraph 11, you could look even upon the ego's darkest cornerstone without fear if you did not believe that without the ego, you would find yourself, find within yourself something you fear even more. You are not afraid of crucifixion. Your real terror is of redemption. 
Under the ego's dark foundation is the memory of God, and it is of this that you are really afraid. For this memory would instantly restore you to your proper place, and it is this place that you have sought to leave. And in 12, you would be willing to look even upon your savage wish to kill God's son if you did not believe that it saves you from love. For this wish caused the separation. You have protected it because you do not want the separation healed and you realize that by removing the dark cloud that obscures it, your love for your father would impel you to answer his call and leap into heaven. You believe that attack is salvation to prevent you from this. For still deeper than the ego's foundation and much stronger than it will ever be is your intense and burning love of God and his for you. This is what you really want to hide. Fourteen, you think you have made a world which God would destroy. And by loving him, which you do, you would throw this world away, which you would. Therefore, you have used the world to cover your love. And the deeper you go into the blackness of the ego's foundation, the closer you come to the love that is hidden there. And it is this that frightens you. You can accept insanity because you made it, but you cannot accept love because you did not. You would rather be slaves of the crucifixion than sons of God in redemption, for your individual death is more valued than your living oneness. And what is given you is not so dear as what you made. You are more afraid of God than of the ego and love cannot enter where it is not welcome. But hatred can. So, in 18, beneath all your grandiosity, which you hold so dear, is your real call for help. For you call for love to your father as your father calls you to himself. You will find this place of truth as you see it in your brothers. For though they may deceive themselves, like you, they long for the grandeur that is in them. And by perceiving it, you will welcome it, and it will be yours. For grandeur is the right of God's Son, and no illusions can satisfy him or save him from what he is. Only his love is real, and he will be content only with his reality. Exempt no one from your love, or you will be hiding a dark place in your mind where the Holy Spirit is not welcome, and you will exempt yourself from his healing power. For by not offering total love, you will not be healed completely. Healing must be as complete as fear. 
Where love cannot enter, where there is one spot of fear, to mar its welcome. In 20, you who prefer specialness to sanity could not obtain it in your right mind. You were at peace until you asked for special favor. And God did not give it, for the request was alien. Therefore, you made of him an unloving father, demanding of him what only such a father could give. And the peace of God's son was shattered, for he no longer understood his father, creator. He feared what he had made, but still more did he fear his real father, having attacked his own glorious equality with him. In peace, he needed nothing and asked for nothing. In war, he demanded everything and found nothing. For how could the gentleness of love respond to his demands except by departing in peace and returning to the Father? If the Son did not wish to remain in peace, he could not remain at all. For a darkened mind cannot live in the light and must seek a place of darkness where it can believe it is where it is not. God did not allow this to happen, yet you demanded that it happen, and therefore believed that it was so. To single out is to make alone, and thus make lonely. God did not do this to you. Could he set you apart, knowing that your peace lies in his oneness? He denied you only your request for pain, for suffering is not of his creation. Having given you creation, he could not take it from you. He could but answer your insane request with a sane answer which would abide with you in your insanity. And this he did. No one who hears his answer but will give up insanity. For his answer is the reference point beyond illusion from which you can look back upon them and see them as insane. But seek this place and you will find it. For love is in you and will lead you there. And, and Thank you, Lemoyne. I'm going to return. Thank you, Lemoyne. <laughs> thank so to... much. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Mm. I'll return again and say, heaven asks nothing. It is hell that makes extravagant demands for sacrifice. And you give up nothing in these times today when undefended, undefended, you present yourself to your creator as you really are. So, whoop, I did not mean to go past the top of the hour, but I'd like to turn to you, Fran, for this lesson, which uh, um, aptly is when I'm healed, I am not healed alone. Thank you, Fran. 
Thank you, Lamoine. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on Lesson 137. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. So I shall read some from the lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute practice. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. Today's idea remains the central thought on which salvation rests. Sickness is isolation. The world obeys the laws that sickness serves, but healing operates apart from them. It is impossible that anyone be healed alone. In sickness must he be apart and separate. Sickness would prove that lies must be the truth, but healing demonstrates that truth is true. Healing, never needed by the truth, must demonstrate that sickness is not real. Just as forgiveness overlooks all sins that never were accomplished, healing but removes illusions that have not occurred. Yet think not healing is unworthy of your function here. Just as forgiveness shines away all sin and the real world will occupy the place of what you made, so healing must replace the fantasies of sickness which you hold before the simple truth. Healing is freedom. For it demonstrates that dreams will not prevail against the truth. Healing is strength. For by its gentle hand is weakness overcome. Healing, forgiveness, and the glad exchange of all the world of sorrow for a world where sadness cannot enter are the means by which the Holy Spirit urges you to follow him. And as you let yourself be healed, you see all those around you or who cross your mind or whom you touch or those who seem to have no contact with you healed along with you. You are never healed alone. Those who are healed become the instrument of healing. What is opposed to God does not exist, and who accepts it not within his mind becomes a haven where the weary can remain to rest. For here is truth bestowed, and here are all illusions brought to truth. Today we ask that only truth will occupy our minds, that thoughts of healing will this day go forth from what is healed to what must yet be healed, aware that they will both occur as one. We'll re- we will remember, as the hour strikes, our function is to let our minds be healed, that we may carry healing to the world, exchanging curse for blessing, pain for joy, and separation for the peace of God. Yet must we be prepared for such a gift, so we will begin the day with this and give ten minutes to these thoughts with which we will conclude today at night as well. When I am healed, I am not healed alone, for I would share my healing with the world. That sickness may be banished from the mind of God's one Son, who is my only self. Let healing be through you this very day. Now we come together to make well all that was sick 
and offer blessing where there was attack. Nor will we let this function be forgot as every hour of the day slips by, remembering our function with this thought. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. And I would bless my brothers, for I would be healed with them as they are healed with me. Now we'll do our five-minute practice. Lesson 137. When I am healed, I am not healed alone.
Today's idea remains the central thought on which salvation rests. Lesson 137. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friends. Thank you, friends. Amen. Thank you, friends. Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you. This lesson and yesterday's lesson make very, very clear that healing of any kind of the body, of the mind, all of that, Healing is uh, in the mind. That's where we are healed. And we, only we can heal ourselves. Doctors can't, psychologists can't, psychiatrists can't. No one can heal me except myself. And I do that by healing my own mind. And I can heal my own mind by accepting the atonement, by accepting the truth of who I am, that I am the Holy Son of God. I am God's perfect creation. And I can't be sick. I can't suffer. I can't suffer loss. It's purely within my mind. Healing is purely within my mind. Thank you. I'm complete. Amen. Thanks for that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for that, Harrison. This is Donna, and uh, I am so grateful that this lesson is done in the, our readings. <clears throat> and as Fran was reading, selecting uh, her readings, the word healing kept coming to me, and healing kept the word healing kept coming. The healing kept coming, and I thought. Uh, 
and it was and and the idea that I'm not healed alone and uh, and then I thought about my own things that seemed to need to be healed on quote unquote my body and then during our quiet time at paragraph 15 I looked at this idea I am not healed alone now what is really saying here does everybody in the world have a sore toe and um, so is their sore toe going to get healed I know that's kind of a childish uh, thing but that's kind of how this idea of needing to be healed came to me and then I thought well how is it I when I go out I mean I do live alone I do know that I'm being prompted by the Holy Spirit there's no two ways about that I know I'm sent to be places to have brief encounters uh, with strangers and um, so I thought well what is my mode of being how do how does one put that in words and uh, so I wrote this stuff and then in paragraph 16 the first sentence I said oh this is describing uh, really this how I what uh, this is describing how I want to say what I want to say let healing be through you this very day and just prior to finding this magnificent <laughs> I began to describe my mode of being in the world uh, as I uh, go out this is recent and this has come to me since I've been studying with these with this group and I'm grateful so I what it is my mode of being in the world and and what I'm seeing that I am learning to do is to have a loving attentiveness that's the atmosphere um, that I'm now re- recognizing verbally that I, I I I walk with and I said but how do how do how do how is it I'm not healed alone and I thought oh it smiles when you pass someone it's uh, it's an attitude and an atmosphere of friendliness and it's knowing within myself that all is well and it is also acknowledging my siblingship with every single human being that is was or ever will be on this planet in spite of appearances so so that opens up healing to me so to a so much broader context and um, thank you Fran for the gift that you have to convey beyond words something when you read I am complete that's beautiful Donna thank you so much thank you Donna Good morning, it's Karen. Um, I want to say thank you so much for listening to me yesterday. I had 
total experience of this course being A Course in Miracles yesterday and today. Um, I shared two core beliefs that were ego beliefs, but they were so learned and so conditioned into my existence. And overnight and over the course of the day yesterday and today, both of them have been dissolved in the light. You know, beliefs create perceptions, and the beliefs that were so deep, are they paralyzed me from um, living in the light at the deepest level. And um, so really quick, I'm just going to say that one of them was I couldn't stop something from happening, and it was applied to, like, childhood sexual abuse, substance abuse, overeating, right? And and the Holy Spirit showed me that, yes, I stopped it. I absolutely positively did stop it. But that didn't stop my ego mind from from um, misperceiving the next thing, you know. It's like, oh, it was my fault. I could have stopped it all, you know, right at the beginning. Instead of taking the win and saying, yes, I did stop it. I really did stop it. As soon as I was 13 and I could stand up to an adult, I stopped it. But I never took the win. I always fell into the guilt because that's the ego mind. The second half of it was um, the feeling like no matter what I do, I can't do enough. I can't do it right. I, you know. And I applied that to something recent, being on tour with a guru and you know making all of these sacrifices. And the Holy Spirit showed me that that was like a contractual relationship. Well, I'll work for you if you pay me by purifying me. It was nonsense. It was an ego, another form of an ego uh, falsehood being projected and not the Holy Spirit and the truth. And I used the example of, you know, sitting in the program and having people sit by me and talk really loud. And I felt like they were ruining the program for me. The Holy Spirit reframed it and showed me, you know, all I have to do is open to the healing love and the light. And the world can go on the way it is, you know. And these people who are making noise, they can be blessed by the Holy Spirit flowing through me. All I have to do is be receptive. When I'm healed, I'm not healed alone. What the Holy Spirit does with the light and the divine energies that flow into me and flow out of me and extend into the world, that's not my problem. That's not my job. It says in the lesson, legions will be blessed. Yes, legions. It goes out to everything and anything that's open to receive Christ's light. We amplify it on this plane for the healing of legions who are open to it. That's not our responsibility. And it's not necessary that the outer world, the external world change. You know, the external world doesn't have to change for that to be the case. It's an internal healing, like like Harrison was saying. My mind has to be healed. My heart has to be healed. I make the choice. And so in childhood, you know, it was like what Lemoyne was just sharing, you know, that heaven doesn't require anything. It doesn't require anything. In this course, we learn, I rest in God. 
I am as God created me. Nothing needs to change except my mind. You know, some thought in the ego thought, if I did everything right, then I would be loved. Well, that was false because I was already loved, regardless of doing anything at all. And, you know, unfortunately, the people around me were sick. Very sick, you know. And that had nothing to do with me. Everything everything distorted was based on ego interpretations. And then those ego interpretations being the reference point that projected into my entire adult life, even, you know, in the, in the spiritual context, even in the spiritual community, all that falsehood. The Course in Miracles is the highest, most supreme gift of purification of thinking and feeling like we live in a time of psychotherapy and psychology and you know all of this psychological healing and self-help and all of it is pure nonsense when you come to this course in miracles that the course in miracles changes it from um the ego mind looking for the witnesses to its story and you know letting go of all of that letting go of guilt just let go of all interpretations and as i'm healed i'm not healed alone all i have to do is open to the truth that i'm being taught and let the holy spirit do everything else there's nothing else that needs to be done just be open and let it extend through me and give over all my thoughts and i do appreciate the fact that you let me share these things out loud yesterday because the power of our joint mind really shined the light on things. And I woke up this morning feeling healthy <laughs> and having energy and enthusiasm for life. And I am just so grateful there are no words. I'm complete. Boy, that was phenomenal, Karen. I just can't tell you how joyful that makes me feel. Thank you so much. Such a yeah. Thank you what so much. Really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. So glad I heard that. Me too. Thank you so much, Karen. That was, <laughs> that was thrilling. I just loved listening to your share. And, and from this reading and from your share, and this lesson for me is such a gateway to freedom that I don't have to let my emotions control my reality. You know, I can, if I'm feeling sad or feeling betrayed, I can go isolate someplace and just wallow in it, (laughs) in self-pity and feeling like a victim. But when I take responsibility for my own healing and know that, when I am healed, I am not healed alone. That's an act of love for myself, for my family, for my world. And water seeks its own level. I don't have to worry about the shallow end or the deep end. I just have to be in my own immersion (laughs) of truth. 
and let the water seek its own level. That's all. And that's not in my hands. That's in the Creator's hands. I'm here just to just to keep the flow, just to keep it flowing. <laughs> that's my job. Just keep the water of truth flowing in me. And then it'll seek its own level and it'll surround me. I'm complete. Oh, that was just beautiful, beautiful, Sandra. Thank you. Sandra, it's so true that, you know, if we have an emotion, but we stay open to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit resolve it, the love will flow through it and the light will shine it away. And, you know, it, it may be there because we're just purifying something. You know, instead of attaching it to some story in the ego, I'm complete. Lovely. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Fran, for doing the lesson for us. And um, Laurie and Lemoyne for bringing us together this morning. Um, You know, I I, um, felt... Lemoyne, your your trepidation and into going into this <laughs> text reading today because it, it's it it weighs heavy it weighs heavy um, it weighs heavily on us to be accountable to be responsible to grow up and um, the very first line in the opening you may wonder why it's so crucial that you look upon your hatred and realize its full extent, that we're not disturbed by our own hostility, that we think it's normal to criticize ourselves and each other, to judge and condemn ourselves and each other, and how that in and of itself is the fear of love. We are making ourselves afraid of who and what we are. We're denying our own reality. And I love this. This um, this is one of those all-sweeping, encompassing kind of text readings for me today because it compares the, the insanity of the world and the egoic separation thought system, that we are bodies, separate minds, and separate bodies running around, all bumping into each other, hostile and hating and judging and complaining and you know I mean it's like you know let's talk trash that's all people love gossip and and dishing each other and comparing and making each other smaller than themselves so they can inflate themselves and you know that was a real stinger when I I read that um that paragraph that that um beneath all your grandiosity which you hold so dear is your real call for help. For you love your father as your father calls to you to calls you to himself. You know, I remember a first coming to I came I came to and then I came to believe. And it's the first three steps and um you know, in my utter isolation and hopelessness and and 
despair, absolute despair came too. I came, I came to God, and I said, and I came too, and it speaks of this place of sanity where God's given us His answer in our minds to look back on our own insanity. And I remember when I first started doing that, there 20, 21 years ago, and I was looking at my own insanity and saying, God help me, I am really insane, <laughs> crazy. I'm making myself so unhappy and so miserable. And I recognized I was doing it to myself. It's so, it was so clear and it was so freeing. It was so absolutely freeing. And um, it speaks of that in the lesson today, that healing is freeing. The truth will set me free. That any false truth or assumption that I make, false core beliefs, call them what you, false thoughts, that make me suffer, that hurt me, I'm doing it to myself. But I have to recognize that it's me hating myself. I'm hating myself. I hate myself. I still find myself saying, saying that about parts of myself. And later on in the text, it goes into that just hating aspects of myself or aspects of another person. You know, that if, if you that one little thing would be, be different, could be changed, improved, given rid of, you know, then, then you would be perfect. And I wouldn't have a problem with you or I wouldn't have a problem with me. Like me... Like Jude's saying, i I got to get rid of this pain, you know. I, I'm just never going to be happy. And, you know, that I have to accept every aspect, every part in the, whole, in the whole completeness of me as well as in the whole completeness of everyone. This um, not letting any judgment clouds my mind that can obscure my love for myself, for anyone, it's, you know, I don't want the separation healed if I'm still judging and, and um, judging against something, rejecting something, not loving something, an unloving thought, an unforgiving thought. Oh, this is so powerful today. I'm shaken with this stuff because I'm it's still so in need of healing, so in need of healing. And I know it. And I love the way it talks about defiance, the defiance of the ego and the arrogance of the ego and its own insanity that we would identify with the thought system that rules the world and, and, and um, false beliefs that I am a body, you know, that sickness is real, sin is real, that war is real that any of these ideas are, are meaningful, have any meaning whatsoever in my reality with the capital R. It's to deny who I am. It's to deny love because God is not cruel. God is kind and love. It's kindness and love itself. And that reality is totally be- beneficent. I would not deny the truth today. I would deny the denial of truth Sin, sickness, suffering, and death are denials of the truth. And my function, forgiving sin, my function in the world is healing my mind of the idea 
of sickness. Like, Harrison, I love you for saying it. It's healing the mind that thinks these thoughts. Because it's only with the power of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God within me, that it can be healed. Thinking about it, you know, in the form of the separate ego thinking mind is not doing anything at all. It's just validating the dream, validating the dream of fear, the fear and the judgment. Accepting, accepting the magnitude of our Father in peace and joy and recognize the power of Recognize the power of love, that he is the source of all miracles, and that miracles are readily mine when I claim my Father as my source. Without my Father, I am nothing. With him, I am everything. I and my Father are one, and healing must be as complete for me to love without fear. No fear of any any appearance of sin, sickness, suffering, or death. I will not let them disturb my peace. I will not. I will with the will of my Father. My Father and my my will are one. I can't separate myself and and heal myself at the same time (laughs) or anybody else. I mean, (laughs) far, 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 far be it from me if I'm not healed to even think about healing anybody else. It's the gifting, the giving, and the receiving are, are the same. Oh, this is so powerful today. But I love the lesson. We don't heal alone. I'm, I'm glad. I'm so glad. Never meant to miss an opportunity to heal, heal my own, um, my own mind, my own mind. I'm responsible for what I think. To harbor, to watch my my mind harbor attack and defense thoughts. If I defend myself, any false beliefs out of fear, I'm defending fear itself. Defending attack thoughts, thoughts that give way to judgment, they're all useless and idle thoughts. Thoughts of evaluation, of comparing, useless idle thoughts. Something's better or worse, good or bad, useless and idle thoughts. Plans for the future. Future, all, future, all the future is denying where, where, that I'm here and now. I'm not here and now if I'm thinking about the future or if I'm thinking about the past. I'm simply not here, and I'm simply not thinking. The Course is very clear <laughs> explaining this simple fact to me. <laughs> But am I listening? Am I applying it? God help me. No agenda thoughts. I am what I am, and that's all that I am. I am all in all, is is my Father, and I won't limit or make myself little to not appreciating the grandeur of my experiencing being one with everything. That is the totality of my experience, and only I can limit that by my own thinking. So here I go again, just loving at large, loving the book, loving my Lord, loving peace and joy and freedom of being spirit and the unity of the state of grace, forever and unalterable and unchangeable. 
And that's the truth, and I want to stand steadfast in that today. And let all the other thoughts of all the other stuff dissolve with the world a bit. <laughs> I'm complete. Love you guys. Be joyful. Thank you, Judy. You're doing such good work. Yeah. Thank you, Judy. For us all. Thank you, Judy. Hey, this is Steve. Good morning. You know, I like the statement, when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. And when I'm feeling happy, (laughs) I'm I'm hot. And when I'm not feeling happy, I'm not. (laughs) And this is all about people expressing, getting on the call, and talking about happiness. Because we all have a sense of it. And as we express it, because we believe in it's really fulfillment happiness, fulfillment, whatever you want to call it. And as little children, be as little children, it's naturally innate. There is that place inside of me that's happy. Now, what prevents it? The dialogue in my head that says I'm separate. Now, we're talking about healing. I don't think healing has anything to do with the body. People talk about, oh, I had this corn on my foot and it went away. The body's here, and then it's gone. And, it, you know, some of the healthiest people are going to die. And some of the... And it's all about connection and happiness. That's all I have to say. I'm uh, complete. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, all about connection. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. I love that, Steve. We are we're hot when we're hot. We're not when we're not. The um, the um, celestial speed up is 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 um, something that's just exciting to me. Um, that we're rising, the totality of the one Son of God, the one mind, mindedness of God, to it, awareness of itself. That. Um, when we when we heal, we don't heal alone. That um, where we are all of one mind, and whatever I am, I'm either contributing to um, being that oneness, or I'm I'm missing it. I'm missing the mark. I'm not in it and of it and being one with it. So the um, this song and I, that's what. I just wanted to share I got this song because it's it says to forgive one person 100% completely is to complete the one son completely. But it's got to be 100%. And the healing of the mind, recognizing the oneness of the mind, is one complete, complete whole thing. So that, that song, I've got the whole world in my hands, has come to, I've got the whole universe in my hands, <laughs> living at large, <laughs> opening my mind and opening my heart to expand and, and, and encompass and envelop everything in that holiness, 
holiness with the W and holiness with an H. Thank you very much. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you both. Uh, this yeah. is Lemoyne. Now, go go ahead, Thunder. Uh, no, you go, Lemoyne. I've already shared, so I'll go after you. Okay, I I, I appreciate the way you um, brought up happiness, Steve. I mean, the course is the uh, describes our function as forgiveness and as happiness. And uh, the lesson for today, I think, you know, expands the definition of what this is by saying our function is to let our minds be healed. That, uh, you know, you're right, Steve, that the course, in the manual, at least, <laughs> there's several sections on healing, and they reemphasize that it's the mind that needs healing, that the body is sick because the mind is, you know, blaming it. They're putting things on the body that it's not made to handle. And, uh, you know, the sickness is a decision, then it must be of the mind. <laughs> And I just want to emphasize this thing. It's about, you know, it only appears once in the reading of this word let, but it is emphasized. And it says, uh, the Holy Spirit's vision is merciful and his remedy is quick. Do not hide suffering from his sight, but bring it gladly to him. Lay before his eternal sanity all your hurt and let him heal you. And, uh, yeah, this is a point made over and over again that it's the Holy Spirit that heals. It's the right-mindedness, the joining of the one mind that is the healing. So from chapter 9, the, her- the therapist does not heal. He lets healing be. <laughs> now, he definitely can assist the way it says. It's just by the acknowledging, acknowledging it and knowing that it's there, you can hold, perceive people in light and that this is the offer of healing. And just the encouragement to the patient to let healing be. It's all about letting. In the in the lesson, it, it's in there many times. As you let yourself be healed, you see all those around you or who cross your mind or whom you touch or those you seem to have no contact with you healed along with you. You don't realize how great you're offering to all the world when you let healing come to you. Our function is to let our minds be healed. Let healing be through you this very day. Nor will we let this function be forgot as every hour of the day slips by remembering our function with this thought. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. 
and I would bless my brothers, or I would be healed with them as they are healed with me. And, uh, and I think this this is basic and there because this is a restoral to who we really are, to the way we were created, that all this other stuff we put in there doesn't really require any action to get rid of it um, necessarily. I mean, there may be things that take time having been built in time they may take time to to undo but really it is all about just getting to that point of letting it go and letting the truth of who we are be restored anyway i'm complete oh what a perfect emphasis thank you Lemoyne. thank you Lemoyne. i just loved every word you said you said and i felt like it was just perfect. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, Lemoyne. I loved what you said about let healing come to you because the truth is I'm already healed. It's just that I don't believe that. <laughs> because the truth is the connection between myself and God is already in place. I had nothing to do with it. It's already in place. The connection that I have with myself to myself is a choice that I make on a daily basis. You know, am I going to judge myself and condemn myself like the world has judged and condemned me? Or am I going to see myself the way God sees me? And then... Instead of thinking, I'm going to go heal myself and go heal the world, I let healing come to me. I let water seek its own level while I'm letting go of anything that's telling me that I'm not connected to my creator, that I'm not connected to myself, that I have no power, that I'm a victim of the world I see. I'm not a victim of the world I see. Why? Because I'm connected. That's just the truth. And I can be happy if I want to just from that knowing, from that knowledge that I am one with my creator and one with myself and my creator. And if I choose, I can be one with you as well. But it's, that's a choice too. Choice. Do I want to be one with you? Where's your water table? <laughs> do I want to lower my water level so that I can be one with you, or do I want to let healing come to me? Let, let those who seek my level of water come to me, and don't worry about it. It's all in place. There is a divine design. And what a divine design it is. I can't tamper with it. I can't. I just have to accept it, embrace it, and embody it, and extend it. I'm complete. Well, that's some love boat talk right there, Sandra. (laughs) Thank you. Good morning. This is Sarah. I joined recently. Thank you all. And what's coming to me is how 
um, how illuminating it was for me when I learned in the Course in Miracles that, yes, indeed, sickness is a defense against the truth and that it's a a form of self-punishment for thinking I separated from my creator, from my source. And I, like it's been said, I can't do that. I never could. Um, so I don't need these these unconscious patterns of punishment um, anymore. I can just remember my source and my, my non-separated state. And, um, and also at the same time, and so for me it gives me more compassion for myself when I do experience or when I have experienced sickness or uh, to, you know, removing the judgment <laughs> because so much of what held it in place for me were my feelings about it and my judgments about it. It was just a pattern of fear. I was so afraid of being one with my creator, of my allness, of my peace and power in my in my creator. It must have been. And the wounds of this world, um, you know, help made me forget um, all of it, probably all of us, all, all of humanity, and we we get to rem- I get to remember that. Um, I don't have to punish myself. I don't have to punish myself for punishing myself. <laughs> I don't have to stay in guilt um, one day at a time. I can I can remember I can't have made myself separate. I don't even have to do that intellectually sometimes. I can just breathe. Or <laughs> but that was a useful, a very helpful insight for me from Course in Miracles. I'm complete. Oh, that's marvelous. Marvelous, Sarah. I love what you said about judgment. Thank you, Sarah. I loved your share. Thank you for expanding on the healing ideas. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And, um, you know, I... Oh, dear me. Let's see. It was back in 1990 when I got really, really sick of my own self as I understood myself. And uh, was just I was just ready to give up on life and I didn't want any part of anything. And I laid my head down on my table one day and I started to cry. And the world opened up for me in that moment. And And... I have no idea how long it lasted because I didn't seem to be there. But during that instant, it's like everything poured into my mind and 
when I came back to myself, everything I read, it was like, oh, gee, I just, I understand, I understand. But the biggest, the biggest result of all of that holy instant was that I felt, I, I truly felt like I'm the last one in the world to know. Everybody walking around has been perfectly aware of their own perfection, but I was the last one to find out. And I was so befuddled. I, I just, I was confused and befuddled, and I, I, everything I ever thought was wrong, and and uh, and the world was turned into a garden. And I, I, I loved everybody, but I didn't understand how it was that I was the last to find out. <laughs> it was, anyway, I was very, very confused for a long time until. Um, it's just a couple, two or three years later, I found the Course in Miracles. I was so confused by thinking I'm the last one to know about holiness. Um, I thought, I thought, I thought I was in a shadow world where uh, truth was going on all around me, but I couldn't understand it. I knew I was happy and I knew I loved everything, but none of the things I believed before were true anymore. And, uh, and when I found the, the Course in Miracles, uh, I opened it up to chapter 14 and read about guilt and guiltlessness. And then I understood what happened. And ever since then, you know, does that mean I know everything? Hell no. <laughs> it means It means this to me. It means that life and interaction with life as it comes will always reveal to me the secrets I still carry in my pockets. They're secrets even to me. I have this hidden belief and that hidden belief. But the real consequence of all of that was that I, I knew unequivocally that the Father's love was in me and the Father's love is everywhere without a doubt. And then life intervened and stuff happened and uh, here comes life telling me that that uh, someone's being unfairly treated and what am I going to make of that? And here comes life telling me I'm being unfairly treated and what am I going to make of that? And so there's there's the holy instant and then there's all the holy instants that follow and they follow as surely as the first one because that's the nature of life to always present something to me that will reveal a hidden belief that I really want to let go of you know he said way back in chapter 3 I was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge and then he says, I did not try to deal with error by applying truth. Rather, I let truth be by revealing itself from the bottom up. And that's what life does. It shows me the secrets in my pockets. And when I let my secrets go, 
those beliefs that were hidden even to me he said truth cannot deal with unwilling error I can't put a band-aid on my mind and say okay you're fine now life intervenes and I have errors in my mind I didn't will to have them but they got there as a consequence of something I learned wrong some belief I internalized some hidden concept that is hidden even to myself and so life shows me those things and and all it's required of me is to be uh, soft and pay attention and uh, listen he said God could not do this to you God could not single you out and give you special favor and 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 I'm thinking of the psalmist right now you know David had a beautiful relationship with the Lord and he wrote some beautiful beautiful songs psalms they were songs you know the Lord is my shepherd but in that same in that same litany of music that David wrote to God he prayed for his enemies to be stricken down and to um, smite the the wicked and 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 stuff like that and life tells me I've got those same kind of ideas and when I am open and willing to listen um, I will experience the release of those ideas and healing as a consequence um, so I'm healed finally of my belief I did when I came to this group I thought healing is a once and done but it's not it's not and openness to my brothers openness to everything leads me to the knowledge that we all contain each other and we all do truly love each other and if you would bear with me a moment um, and Lemoyne if you would give me permission to share a closing thought um, I wanted to share this it's like this when when it happens the words of Thomas Merton describe it so well it's the only place in the United States where there's a marker to a mystical experience in Louisville at the corner of fourth and Walnut in the center of the shopping district I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all those people that they were mine and I theirs that we could not be alien to one another even though we were total strangers it was like waking from a dream of separateness of spurious self-isolation in a special world the world of renunciation and supposed holiness the sense of liberation from an illusory difference was such a relief and such a joy to me that I almost laughed out loud I have the immense joy of being a man a member of a race in which God himself became incarnate as if the sorrows and stupidities of the human condition could overwhelm me now I realize what we all are and if only everybody could realize this but it cannot be explained there's no way of telling people that they're all walking around shining like the Sun and it was as if I suddenly saw the secret beauty of their hearts the depths of their hearts 
where neither sin nor desire nor self-knowledge can reach the core of their reality the person that each one is in God's eyes if only they could all see themselves as they really are if only we could see each other that way all the time and when I learned that that happened holy instants follow just be undefended he says just be undefended I'm complete thank you Lori Oh, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for allowing me to do that. I have to leave for a minute uh, to take care of something. I'll be right back. And uh, I think on that note, I will end the recording and uh, the call will continue.